Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Everton Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined by Dave Somerville. Dave, how are you doing? I've been better. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got my... I had my second negative COVID test today. So that's a good positive. Very so good I, positive. COVID, no, it's a negative. COVID, it's a negative. It's a, it's a, it's a positive. <laughs> it's a positive negative. But yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, uh, the NFL has been very negative for me recently. We'll get into that later. But um, yeah, I, I'm feeling a lot better today. So it's been a bit of a rough week and a half. But now, hey, look, the show goes, show goes on and we're here. And we're all good, man. So I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, we are indeed. Now, obviously, we, we've missed a couple of weeks um, mm-hmm. through one reason or another. I was away last week and the week before that, we had some things going on. So we've not, we've not done a, a podcast in two weeks. Now, oh, the, the last time we spoke, Dave, the Rams hadn't done anything with free agency. Nothing. Absolutely. All they did was give the Broncos their punter back, Riley Dixon. We spoke about that. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Now, um, however... Over the past few days, some things have happened. Would you like to uh, Would you like to inform us of uh, some of the things that have happened to some Rams players over the past couple of days? No. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just all right. Okay. But it's predominantly, um, predominantly the receivers. Yes, we're yeah. going to focus on receivers um, because the rest of it is a certain kind of show as well. Um, so. Well, uh, looking at this was the, the receivers. Um, obviously, we had we had OBJ, and yes. uh, you know, a magnificent Super Bowl year, brilliant player. He's one, of, and he's, I still think he's one of the best receivers in the league. Um, when he went off for his, I, th- I think it was reconstruction surgery on his ligament, um, because he had no ligament there, and the Rams kind of hid that for a bit just so that he could try and get to. You know, he, he, they didn't want to alert other teams to it. Um, and basically, they were hoping that once he had his surgery, he could come back. And they left his locker, locker room space. You know, it was going to be OBJ. It was there for when he came back. And then the Ravens swoop in and sign him on a one-year deal. I think, is it 12 or 15 million guaranteed? Mm, I think, well, I, well, too, I'm not sure. I think it was 12, yeah. yeah I think it was. Yeah, 12 million. It's fully guaranteed, though. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I mean, to look at the current state of the Rams and the fine, uh, the salary cap issues as well, we weren't going to be able to um, offer him a contract like that, and he signed for Baltimore. So that was the first kick, kick in the teeth, um, and then the second roundhouse kick came very recently uh, in the form of Alan Robinson. Now he didn't have the best years at the Rams, and he only nope. just started to mold into the team uh, and the way that we play towards the end of the season when the season was done and dusted. So that, that wasn't ideal either, but um, he's been traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers along with our seventh round pick, which is, I think it's two, number 251 in the draft. So quite, quite close to um, kind of uh, the, the very end, you know, there's only four or five picks after that. So um, yeah, we, we had that. And in return, we get a pick Higher up the draft, uh, yes, about 15, 17 places above what we picked, and there's add-ons to that because not only is the Rams paying ten million dollars of his fifteen million dollar salary, the Pittsburgh Steelers only pick up five million of that. He is going to Pittsburgh. He is playing there. 
The Rams are picking up 10 million and that's it. We have we are basically paying him to play in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so what? The, I, <laughs> <laughs> compose yourself. You okay? You all right? Good man. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep, so yep, just uh, basically, the, the 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 deals it's not finished, but it's being finalized right now. So yes. the Steelers will pay Robinson five million dollars. The Rams will pay him ten point two five million. Okay, uh, the Rams will receive the number two hundred and thirty four pick in the draft, seventh in twenty twenty three this year, um, and the Steelers will get the two hundred and fifty first pick now. I know draft capital, you know, you want to be higher than lower. I get that. But let's not kid ourselves on here with no disrespect to the players selected at these positions. In the grand scheme of things, not a huge difference between the 234th and the 251st pick. Not huge. There's a difference. It's not huge. So basically what's happened here, those picks wipe each other out. So the Rams are essentially giving the Steelers Allen Robinson uh, and the Steelers only need to pay him $5 million. That, that's that's it. And I, I like Allen Robinson. When he signed for the Rams, I'd said to you, I'd said, I think he's a great player because he he was doing well in Chicago given mm-hmm. the quarterback yeah, situation. Given the situation. Yeah, yeah. He then goes to the Rams because OBG... Uh, OBJ had gone down. He well, he mm-hmm. went down to the Super Bowl. Obviously, he was out for the year. Everyone knew he wasn't going to play. Allen Robinson comes in. And I thought he'll he'll be great opposite Cooper Cup. But then Stafford goes down, and Cup goes yeah. down, and it just it all went really badly for the Rams last year, and it went badly for Allen Robinson because I still think he's a great player. I think he's a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver. He's now gone to Pittsburgh. Um, they've had receivers sort of coming and going. The, you know, with uh, Juju and then Chase Claypool, and so the receivers have been all over the place in Pittsburgh. I think he becomes the best receiver in Pittsburgh. I, I honestly believe yeah. that. I think he does. So do and he's an experienced veteran, and he'll bring something that, to that locker room. And if it's going to be um, Kenny Pickett as the. Is it, Kenny Pickett? it is Kenny Pickett. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I was like, where's the Steelers quarterback? If it's going to be Kenny Pickett, he's a young man. Alan Robinson brings in a veteran wide receiver, uh, Pro Bowl caliber, as as I say, and I, I think this this could be really really good for the Steelers. I I don't understand the trade from the Rams' point of view. I don't get it. You, you're you're swapping seventh rounders that are only 15, 16 picks apart. You're paying ten million, two thirds of his salary, for him not to play that. I, I don't get it. I, I don't like it from the round side of view. From the Steelers, this is... Oh, I was going to say it's a steal. Oh, the Steelers. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Dave. Oh, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. But it is. I, it's I, an I, absolute yeah. steal for the Steelers, this one. I, so, the, there's a piece of the jigsaw missing. I, I, th- I think that there has to be. Uh, there's, uh, something is not uh, clear. So, um, I, I mean, the, the Rams, they've made some very questionable decisions, particularly recently. But this, the, the, there's something that we're missing here. There always seems to be something that's not made public with the Rams. Look, look at the OBJ situation, perfect example. And it came out bit by bit by bit of what the situation was um, that, 
you know, he, his, his previous operation to, to fix his ligament went wrong uh, and they needed to rebuild it again or something. And then it comes out later that he had no ligament at all. So the, some, something's missing, whether it's something medical or whether it's um, uh, yeah, there's some sort of spat between Robinson and the Rams or the back office or uh, Sean McVay. Um, because it does, it does seem like um, if you're not on board with Sean McVay's plans, with the way he does things, you, you're, you're leaving LA. You're, you're not going to be part of the team anymore. Um, I, I think the only thing I can really relate it to is in our football, well, so in soccer, uh, when Pep Guardiola, now he's considered one of the best managers in the world. I'm a Manchester City fan, but previous players have always said, you respect the plan, you respect the system. If you don't, you're gone. It's just that simple. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, he did it with Thierry Henry at Barcelona. And, you know, I, I think that this is the kind of situation with McVeigh. McVeigh is seen around the league as uh, a visionary and, you know, he's so young. He's got so, he's so much potential to go on and potentially build a legacy because he comes from that Shanahan school. So he's, he's the best, well, he's arguably the best product from that Shanahan school. And I think that if he doesn't, if Robinson hasn't fully subscribed to that school of thought, to the way that things are done at the team, I think he maybe just it was time to move on. But I, I again, something's not been made public that is the main uh, motivation for this trade to happen. Because I mean, Ramsey, I think the the Rams wanted to do right by him. Okay, we took a, we took a lot less from what we, we could have and should have got for him. Mm-hmm. Robinson, this is just this is next level. That this is completely different. This is completely different, and I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that it could be some sort of descent in the locker room. And you know, if you're bringing in a veteran player on a big contract, I, I think one of the people that would sort him out would be Mike Tomlin, though. So if there is any anything like that, Pittsburgh is the perfect place for Robinson. I, w- I don't wish him bad, but. Something is the the Rams better pull it out because I I think they're just going to end up have a throwaway year and build for twenty twenty four and I don't like it because it's a year of pain. I know we got a Super Bowl. Is it worth it? Yeah, probably. But again, it's always worth it for a Super Bowl. Something's yeah, it is, but something's not right there, and something's something's amiss. Yeah. Okay, so that's the Rams taken care of. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> in a nursing home, it <laughs> <laughs> just cast off. Oh no! Why don't we move on now? And uh, yes, please. Okay, we'll move on. We'll talk about the contract signed by a certain quarterback over in Philadelphia, and it's a quite a lucrative contract, doesn't it? Why don't you tell us a bit about that? I mean, we've got a new highest-paid quarterback in the league. Uh, Jalen Hurts becomes the highest-paid quarterback in, in league history, and I think he deserves it. You know, he's um, there's not a lot. Not many better quarterbacks in the league right now. And the Eagles have locked up their star man for five years to come. And um, I was looking at some of the details earlier. You know, some of the numbers are just mind-blowing because if he gets injured, he's guaranteed just shy of $118 million. 
That's if he gets injured. Even if he gets a long-term injury, he's guaranteed $180 million. Now, yeah, now, excuse me. Now, also, if he, um, if he plays, he's guaranteed $200 million. Again, astronomical money. With incentives, it, could, um, there's, it goes even more. It goes up to $255 million. This, this is just crazy money. And he all, another historical one, he is also the first Eagle in history to sign a contract with a no-trade clause. So that could be quite interesting because we've seen some of the situations recently, especially with Aaron Rodgers, uh, about no-trade clauses, if he w- wants to go, if he doesn't want to go, well, where he wants to go kind of thing. So that, that's the situation with Jalen Hurts now. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I don't see, uh, unless he has one a really, really bad season, I don't see him going anywhere else. And, I mean... You know, good for him. I, I think this it also has implications for other contract situations in the league, such as uh, with Lamar Jackson. But, yeah, uh, it's 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 just going to have a knock on effect because I, I mean, uh, Rap Sheet had a he had a comparison um, uh, with the offer to Lamar Lamar Jackson because they they were quite similar. Lamar had Lamar's numbers were slightly lower than Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and you can make the argument that Lamar could demand a higher amount than Jalen Hurts so even though you know I think the the main thing for me is that Lamar has carried the Ravens for the last few years they they have not been the best team Lamar has been the star man you imagine what he could do in in another team or with like significant weapons so I I think that this is going to have a serious knock-on effect the league I think Lamar will become the highest paid quarterback in the league whether it's with the Ravens or not, I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, Jalen Hurts, he's there for the next five years anyway. He's got no trade clause, and he's a significant amount richer as well. And he gets a it's a huge nine figure uh, signing fee at the start uh, in year one. So he's already well over a hundred million dollars richer. Crazy. Money. I mean, it it is crazy money. Now you spoke about Lamar. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you. This should increase the value because, again, it's just another one of those contracts that will increase the value for all quarterbacks. Because it, it does. It's just that. I mean, that's what Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones' contract exponentially well, did that on its own. I think, <laughs> I think Daniel Jones' contract yes. killed the market stone dead, um, yes. as, we, as we discussed, you know. So the thing with Lamar is that the the only thing, sorry, different about this contract to the Daniel Jones one is that Jalen Hurts took his team to a Super Bowl. Now, Daniel Jones has never done anything like that, but Lamar hasn't done that either. He's not managed to get it. Now, in fact, he's been injured the past year. Did he the finish the year, year before yeah. as well? Yeah, I think, I, I think, well, I think, yeah, Lamar has a bit of injury history. But when yeah. you play, when when you you don't have the necessary pieces around you to protect you when you need protected, and when you have to take off as much as he does because you don't have the kind of weapons that uh, Jalen Hurts has downfield. So, I mean, Lamar's never had an AJ Brown, you know, and um, the, he, Lamar's never had a offensive line like the Eagles do. And I think the Eagles had a really good and impressive offensive line last year. They did really well last year. So um, having that unit, well, I mean, we talk about the old line all the time. 
one of the most, uh, one of if not the most important pieces of your offense is your offensive line. So give a, a just a couple of weapons downfield as well, and and with a solid offensive line, it's brilliant. Yeah, you you have the pieces to go on and be successful, like the Eagles did last year. That we we saw the Eagles blow away teams because they got into the game early, yeah. they used their weapons early, and boom. Game done. How many times were we saying it was done by half time? They were up like kind of 28-7, 35-7. Crazy numbers, but this is this is this is the difference between Jalen Hurts and Lamar, I think, because Lamar's had zero help. He's he's carried that team. Even when he got injured week 10, week 11, Huntley came in. He was able to do some things, but he's nowhere near what Lamar is. No. And they, they kind of scraped into the playoffs in the end. They did, and it's um, when we were even doing the predictions for the playoffs, it was all a case of, well, if Lamar plays, you know, this is going to be a prediction, but we don't think mm-hmm. he's going to. And then we said, oh, no, he's not playing. So it's so, yeah, he, we're that, that is how important he is to that to that mm-hmm. franchise. Um, I just, the, the fact that they, they're holding and holding and holding and holding on this Lamar thing, whether or not... They think he just wants too much and they're not willing to pay the money or whether Lamar thinks that what they're offering is just an insult. Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, if, if you're Lamar Jackson, you want a heck of a lot more money than Daniel Jones is getting paid. And Deshaun Watson. And, well, Deshaun Watson. I don't think, any, I still don't think anyone's come near that. Two, what was it? 230 fully guaranteed over... Yeah, they're like what? Yeah. Ridiculous. You, you want? I think uh, the 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 rumor was from the uh, kind of most reliable sources in the NFL was that Lamar wanted a contract that was more than Deshaun Watson, um, and uh, the, from the last offer that he got, uh, it was one hundred seventy-five million dollars guaranteed, um, well, even with injuries. So Jalen Hurst's contract is just shy of 180 million guaranteed with, with or without injuries. So it it was a very similar contract, but yeah, you know, I don't know if there was a no trade clause. Uh, you know, that there. I I think because of what Lamar's done for the organization, I think he wanted something that reflects his importance to them, but also that did eclipse uh, Deshaun Watson's uh, numbers on the contract because. I I believe, and I think he strongly believes he's better than Deshaun Watson. So Lamar, I, I don't Lamar blame thinks him. That. Yeah, Lamar. Yeah, yeah. I be, I believe him. I, I'm with him on that one as well. Yeah, I mean Lamar Jackson is a, is a, a a special talent. Yeah, uh, he's a what? Yeah, I think he's one a once in a generation kind of talent. No, he he really is. Now, Jalen Hurts came into the league in 2020 which is the same year as your man over in Cincinnati, isn't it? Joe Burrow. As Burrow's, yeah, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow's. Uh, yeah, because I think Hurts and Fields came in at the same time, Justin Fields as well. Yeah, so Burrow comes in in 2020, and then, um, no, Fields come in 2021. 2021. Yeah, okay. behind, behind uh, Trevor Lawrence. This is 2021. That's so, why, yeah, okay, okay. Um, Burrow... His contract, compared to Hartz's contract, is just, I mean, there's night and day 
because this what this contract's done, you're talking about a, a player, he's played two seasons in the league. I mean, he was on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. And then he signs this monster, absolute monster extension with the Eagles. And as you said, the no trade, uh, no trade clause as well. This Massive. is huge. So mm-hmm. when Joe Burrow comes to renegotiate his next contract, because he'll say, hey, I've, I've been to the Super Bowl too. I did it my second year. Two cards to get in his third year to get to a Super Bowl. Um, they, they're going to be looking at these. These contracts are going to go up and up and up and up and up. And it's honestly ridiculous. Now, I have no issue with these guys getting their money, but it does mean that some of the guys like, you know, hate to pick at him, Daniel Jones, uh, contracts like that are also going to keep going up and up and up and up. Mid-tier quarterbacks are going to be getting paid uh, within one or two years' time what the top guys were getting paid a year ago. I mean, that's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Meanwhile... Kansas City are still sitting there. Patrick Mahomes going, yes. Thank you very much. Ten-year contract. It'll get renegotiated. We all know that. Yes. Especially if, if if the Chiefs go, even if they don't win, if they go to another Super Bowl next year, Mahomes' contract is just going to, I don't know what they're going to do. Another ten-year extension. <laughs> Because they'll see it. They'll see the way these contracts are going. Now, there's, there's teams who would love to get out of their contracts with with quarterbacks. I think the Browns are one of them with this Deshaun Watson contract. I think they're going, what were we thinking paying this amount of money? When he came in last year, he was really no better than Jacoby Brissett was. He no, play he any was better. worse. No, he was worse. Um, he wasn't allowed to train until... Was no, it wasn't. He wasn't. But they, they knew that, you know, they made that bed daily in it. Uh, the Broncos yeah. would love to get out of the Russell Wilson ex- seven-year extension, whatever it was, bananas, that they offered a man mm-hmm. who, who hadn't played a single snap for them at that point. They offered him that extension. He's like, what? I don't know. I, I, that was one which I, I couldn't understand why you would offer the contract when you've not seen the guy play. Now, obviously, you say, well, you, you've seen him for a decade at the Seahawks. Yeah, but that's at the Seahawks. You've not seen Russell Wilson play a single meaningful snap for your team and you're offering him an extension? Especially at Mile High. Mile High is a different kettle of fish compared to anywhere else in the league. It's yeah, the just, thinner air, it's out, you know, it's outside. It's a totally different ball game. Yeah. So um a, a few of these teams, that their quarterback contracts, they're going to be going, we should have pumped the brakes on this. But then on the flip side of that. Some of these teams will be going, I'm glad we paid him when we did. So we're not having to pay him next year or this year or next year or even the year after because these contracts are going absolutely mental. Uh, Jalen Hurts, though, what do you reckon? Worth every penny? Would you pay it? Would you pay that for Jalen Hurts? He's, he's a great quarterback. Yeah, I would. I, I, I really would because um, yeah, I, I think the Eagles have something there and they know they have something there. So... Um, yeah, he, he proved, I, th- I think he did prove last year, and he proved c- consistently just how good he is. He, he did go down injured for one or two, uh, for a few, a few uh, games, a, wasn't a couple it? of games, yeah. Rib- yeah, he had a ri- I think he got hit and got a rib injury, if I remember rightly. Um, but yeah, he's, and I think he showed his importance to the team as well. The difference with the Eagles and the Ravens is that the Eagles put their, mo- put their money where their mouth is, and they showed them his importance to the team, and 
paid him a pretty good contract. So I I I, I do I, I think he's one of the more deserving for that kind of uh elite contract. So I've got no qualms whatsoever about it. And I think the Eagles are they they've set their foundations really well with that uh, with that contract. They have indeed now um staying um in the NFC that it appears that DeAndre Hopkins is re-signing with the Cardinals. Obviously the rumors were abound even just uh yesterday there was talk about him um speaking to who is it? Was it Von Miller? Saying he wanted to go to the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, there was rumours about going to the Chiefs. So I'm glad neither of those have happened. That's that's wonderful. Um, so it looks like he's staying with the Cardinals. And what does this do for Kyler Money? What does uh, what does this DeAndre Hopkins extension with the Cardinals do for Kyler Money? I mean, he's the best player they've got. He's the best wide receiver they've got, uh, talent wise, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. by a mile. Um, so if you're Kyler Money. What are you thinking about this? Uh, because there's rumours for Kyler Murray not staying in Arizona. Still, even just now. And you're thinking, well, what's going on here? And I don't know what's happening in Arizona. Um, do you think that the coach has got some different ideas about which ways to go forward? Obviously, he sees the value of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know, as we alluded to before, talent-wise, he might still be, he's definitely top 10 in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, so, uh, I mean... Yeah. What do you think of this one? I mean, the Kyler situation, uh, it, it, the Cardinals hold cards in that one, not. I, I quite like what I did there, Max, and the, the Cardinals hold the cards. Um, the, yeah, the, they, they, hold, they, they hold the decision in that situation because I think Kyler's contract bound to play for Arizona, whether he likes it or not. Um, I, 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 because, because I think... He's the type of quarterback that needs an offensive line more than a wide receiver, because I don't. I rate him as mediocre in the throwing game. Um, I, I I rate him as brilliant, one of the top three in the scrambling game in uh, the whole league. But I think he he's got some things that he really needs to work on because it. Uh, I think under Cliff Kingsbury, he was throwing what fifty to sixty times a game. That was a lot that, of throws. That, I, I, An that's awful a lot. lot of throws, but at the same time, that's not... You're not playing to Kyler's strengths there. Uh, I, I think he would be amazing in the play-action game, um, especially with scrambles, right? or, or kind of, you know, uh, play-action quarterback, quarterback draw kind of thing where he just runs out wide. I think that's a big uh, potential thing for him. But there was none of that in... Cliff Kingsbury's system, uh, he was in the pocket far too much for what Kyler should be in the pocket. It, it had, most of these runs that he was making were unplanned and just basically broken coverage. So if they if they have a system, if they build around him, they've got maybe a star man now and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, maybe one or two more weapons, but bump up that offensive line, get a run game going. They do have the pieces, they just seem to fall every time which is m- brilliant for me i i love to see that against the Cardinals. Oh, i'm sure you do <laughs> but um yeah it, it's just i i think kyler will be happy that his he's still got johnny uh, hopkins there it's not finalized though and nothing nothing is final um i I, th- I think the cardinals have taken a step back to have a look at the situation 
and realize that the market for wide receivers right now it's it's a it's a it's a buyer's market not a seller's and they're looking to offload rather than buy a wide receiver and yeah i i i don't i don't I, I don't see a lose situation for uh, Kyler. If he does want to move on, I, I think he's he's kind of... Uh, has he missed his mark? Has he missed his time to do that now? Because I, there's not a lot of teams looking now um, because they'll be the ones set on uh, drafting because I think there's like four, there's four, at least four kind of very first-round potential quarterbacks in there uh, and most of the other quarterbacks have got extensions or are set for this season. So uh, I think he may have missed his time to move on if he wants to, if he wants to request a trade. But I think the Cardinals just go with him and at least one more year and then see what the market's like. Because I think the market's going to be a lot more open for quarterbacks next year rather than this one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with if you're right, and if Kyler sort of missed his opportunity to go to a team that he wants to go to, then, you know, he's going to play this one year with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens from there. He, he's a very talented individual. He's got the potential to be a, a really, really top quarterback, but he's so inconsistent. And, it, yes. and, it, and it's a shame. Uh, because sometimes you see a lot of these quarterbacks and they make throws or they make, uh, you know, Kyler's, um, Kyler makes runs as well. Yes, you've already mentioned to his mobility. He's fantastic. He's great at scrambling, great at improvisation. Um, sometimes he's running around there like a year three Russell Wilson back there, just making guys miss in the backfield, extending plays for 10 seconds and then launching at 50 yards down the field. He can do that. But the inconsistency, sometimes, I, I watched a, a few games, Cardinals games last year, um, over the past couple of years, I should say, mm-hmm. and some games, Kyler looks rotten, like just terrible, missing wide open receivers, um, just, you know, not yeah. reading blitzes it's, properly. It's, and His end product, his end product, especially last season, really reared an ug- its ugly head because it was... It was horrific. Yeah. The way that he was able to, when he did scramble, especially to his right, when he was scrambling to his right, before the throw and the way he got out of the pocket, he looked, he did the exact same as Patrick Mahomes right up until he threw the ball. And then he was, he was more, he, he was closer to me throwing the ball sometimes. Than yeah. <coughs> we, we, we probably shouldn't compare too many guys to Patrick Mahomes. It's not anyone. fair. It's just yeah. Not I mean fair. the stra- the scrambling part. I th- I think you know he was he's he's quick. He goes off at the right times. He just didn't throw. He, he didn't yes. throw it well at all. And for someone that's, I mean, he, he's we know he's um again. I, I'd say, I'd make the argument that he is uh, a unique talent because remember he was also drafted in the first round of the MLB. Uh, for the uh, for the baseball, I yeah, think it was I, I, that in fact, him. in the first round, yeah, was that not one of your random stats at some point? I think, I think it, it was, might yeah, have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, 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 I think he's like the only ago. only player to be drafted in the first round of both the NFL yeah, and that's the, right, yeah. the the MLB. He is a special talent. He's just not consistent enough. Exactly. And if he's going yeah. to have a good, long career in the NFL, he needs to be consistent. Uh, because we already know that there's been stories with off-field issues with Kyler Murray. Yes. 
Um, I mean, you know, playing Fortnite too much. Well, I, I, it, it I, sounds I ridiculous. There's, there's a mature, yeah, I think there could be a maturity issue um, with Kyler because you know they so some obviously there are some people that um, they've still got a maybe younger mindset uh, into their twenties. I mean, how, how old's Kyler? Twenty five, twenty six. Um, I'm actually not sure how old. I, I, I think he's, I think he's, he's mid twenties at the most. I could probably so find he's out still he's, he's not exactly old by any standards. Oh no, he's not uh, old. No, he's not even close. He's not even close to being old. But if if he does have maybe a slight maturity issue, uh, he's um, maybe he, he's got questionable downtime. He's tw- twenty five. You know, when he's twenty five. Twenty six in August. He's not even in his prime. Not even no. in his prime yet. No, I, I mean he's still he's still developing and learning the game. So I, I I'd say there's some. I I think that some of the coaches uh, might might need you know need to pull him aside. He might need to change a lot about his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he, he needs some consistency. I think he needs to put the work in though. Uh, any quarterback, anyone in the league that will tell you if you want to be your best, you have to put the work in. And if he's not putting the work in, those inconsistencies are going to keep happening and he's not going to progress. So, do you, do you think, I think. Sorry, carry on. Let you finish there. I was just going to say, I, th- I think a lot of um, personal accountability needs to happen with Kyler. Yeah. So, do you think that there's certain players um, who maybe feel that they're almost immune to this? You need to grow up. Purely because uh, they, they were like maybe really successful in the rookie season, you know, a great rookie season, or even mm-hmm. a great second season, and when someone's like, you know, you you need to grow up, and and they're like, if, you, you can't talk to me like that. I was a pro bowler in my yeah. rookie year. Do you think maybe there's a little bit of that? I'm not. I'm not saying this. This happens with Kyler Murray. I'm not saying that, but you've got to think when when players are really successful early on in their career rookie year, second year, then they're going to get a big head. You mm-hmm. know, and the other thing is that these guys who come out of college, Heisman Trophy winners, um, you know, they, they've always been winners. They, they, this didn't just all of a sudden happen in their third or fourth year in college. They didn't just decide, oh, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll play and become an incredible, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. These guys have been playing and generally speaking, winning through their entire adolescent years, through high school. You know, they become, uh, I forget what they call them, as a four-star graduate. What's, what's the top graduates from high school? They, they call them something like a four, yeah. five-star graduate, whatever it's called. Well, yeah. Uh, is it not the uh, valedictorium? Uh, could be. No idea. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what they use in America. It shows, it, shows, it shows how bad that we were in education that neither oh, of us yeah. know what the top. Neither, neither of us I don't know. But yeah, but it's America. I, I don't know. I don't know what they call them. There's a name for it. It's like a five star recruiter, a five yeah, star. All right. So you know what I mean? No, no, Coming I, out I think, of high yeah. school, the college is trying to get the best players from the different high schools, and they're offering yeah, them scholarships. Yeah, it's like a, a Division One A or you know, uh, yeah. star recruiter. So I think, the, yeah. So yeah. I, I, so I for example, I, for uh, uh, sorry, so, sorry to interrupt you there. Okay, so no, just no, as no. an example, when Arch Manning comes out of high school, which this year, next year, yes, when he comes out, 
it doesn't matter what his grades are going to be. Some college somewhere is going to say, I don't care if you flunked every single... Co- you can reset your... Hi- they don't have hires in America. You can reset them <laughs> here at um, whatever college he wants to go to. He's going to have his pick of colleges when he comes out of high school because he's Art Manning. And everyone knows this. And when he comes out, it was, it was like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is the same. Never lost a single game in high school. He could walk into any college he wanted with a scholarship. Didn't matter. And then going into the NFL. So actually, do you know what? Trevor Lawrence is a prime example about what I was trying to say before I got really sidetracked because I couldn't remember what five-star recruits were called. You're talking about a guy who won every single game in his high school career, who won every single game in his college, never lost, high school or college. Comes into the NFL, the, the the number one overall, guaranteed number one overall, before he finished his, his final year in college. He was already guaranteed number one overall. Coming into the mm-hmm. NFL, goes into a really bad situation, absolutely stinks it up. And then in the second year, when the situation calms down a bit, he looks really good, makes a Pro Bowl in a second year. Now makes playoffs. Makes playoffs in his second year. Now Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I again. I, I don't know because I've never met Trevor Lawrence. I've never met Kyle, Kyler Murray. I don't know which of these guys is the more mature. From the outside looking in, it appears to be Trevor Lawrence. It, it mm-hmm. looks that way. But I'm wondering how much of that is the, the person, and how much of that is when Kyler came in his rookie year. He was being lauded over. Look at this guy. Look at the things he can do as a rookie. He's incredible. He's amazing. Even if they were losing games, he's amazing. Trevor Lawrence was called amazing through his entire school and college career, comes into the NFL and gets the snot beaten out of him in his first year. And everyone's like, yeah, what happened to this guy? You know? Same with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow comes in. His rookie year, he got absolutely killed out there. And they won like three games. So what happened to all the hype from Joe Burrow? And then the second year, look what he does. He, he goes to a Super Bowl in the second year. I wonder how much of that is early on in their career, they got a slap in the face. Reality check. You know, you're in the big leagues now. You can't behave this way or you can't, you know, you're not always going to win. I wonder if that actually affects them more than coming in as a rookie and doing really well as a rookie. Or what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Or do you think I, I'm talking I, I, nonsense? No, I agree with almost every, pretty much everything that you said. I, w- I would probably go a step further, though, and you can add off-field entourage into that because if you've got people around you, that, uh, the, the kind of common term is yes men. So, you know, people that yeah. are bigging you up all the time, yeah. they won't be brutally honest with you. If you've got people that are just feeding your ego again and again and again, I mean... Yeah, if if you face any kind of ad, uh, adversity, any kind of losses, that you're you're not going to care because you're like, well, I'm I'm a big deal anyway. That that's not what you, that's not the people you want. So, I, I think <laughs> this it, is starting to sound like Johnny Manziel. <laughs> well, Johnny Manziel, that that that's I a, mean, yeah, that's a prime example of exactly, exactly what you're talking about. You've hit the nail exactly. on the head there. But I, I I'd even go as far to say uh, the the man I, I I seem to mention every couple months um, as a example of a uh, boss to, as uh, Jamarcus Russell. I think he he admitted 
that you know he didn't surround himself with great company he had the wrong kind of priorities and things like that so um you know I, I i think kyler is infinitely more talented than jamarcus russell but at the same time if they've got if there's similar kind of attributes there and he's not showing the consistency that he needs to to really progress in the league i i i can see that his career is going to take a downswing very quickly yeah, and I suppose, you know, I, th- I think it's good for these guys to get a reality check. I, I, I oh, yeah, do think absolutely. it is. I mean, I, I remember when, um, and I'm going to forget what year it was, NFL draft. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, sitting in the green room, sliding down. 1944. <laughs> sliding <laughs> down, sliding down, sliding down, and sliding down, and yeah. sliding down. And they just had the cameras on him. Same thing happened with Brady Quinn. The cameras on him all the time, all the time. You're like, right, hang on. And Big Ben. I think I, I remember that with uh, Ben Roethlisberger that, that as well. That was the year Eli went. Yeah, I, I don't hear that crazy was. one. Um, but th- they talk Isn't about oh, fine. it's oh, it's it's terrible for these guys sliding down the draft. I'm like, cry me a river. It's the first mm-hmm. time anything bad has ever happened to this guy. You know, in, 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 you know, all through college, right? he's people who are, as I say, you know, five star recruits out of high school and they're going, going to be a first round draft pick. Oh, no, I went 25th. You're a first round pick. You're going to get paid millions of dollars. Get over it. Right. It's just, it, it annoys me that they're saying, oh, look at this poor soul. It's a poor soul. Behave yourself. He is living a dream that. 99.99% of all players in college in America will never, ever experience and would, you know, exactly. mud-wrestle their own granny for. Well, that's true. I I, I would, um, I, I think that was actually a knock-on effect because I, I Rodgers was drafted in 2005. I think that was a knock-on effect from the whole Eli saga in 20, uh, 2004, which was the year before. So I think they were, you know, they obviously they saw him going down they knew it was dramatic. The camera's staring at this guy that he will obviously live the dream later on, but I think they wanted more drama kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, it hasn't, the drama with Aaron Rodgers hasn't stopped. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. We're, we're not going there. Uh, all, all, no, right, so no. we're going we're gonna to cover the Aaron Rodgers story. Um, he's not signed to the Jets yet. There you go. No. That's it. But That's all there, we need there, to do. there has been there has been a quarterback signing though, not for not for either of those two teams. Uh-huh. But obviously the Chiefs had um, Chad Henney has retired, uh, oh, because you know yes. uh, there's multiple Super Bowl winning <laughs> quarterback Chad Henney. Yeah. Chad um, Henney with two Super Bowl rings. Absolutely, or and the uh, Chiefs have a new backup. Who's that? So it'll be Blaine, uh, Blaine Garrett, the man who was at the Bucks, backup to Tom Brady. Playing Gabbard. Gabbard. Yeah. Wow. That's so. Didn't know they signed him. I'm, there you go. I haven't, I haven't even. I, I can't remember the last time I saw him out, out, in, the, out in the field. Might come in for Brady for like probably at the end of the minutes, Super Bowl so. against against the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, another Super Bowl winning quarterback going to the Chiefs. These, these they quarterbacks just, tra- Fantastic. Oh, I'm, I'm, um, yeah, so I, I have a couple other signings. Well, not not so much signings, but um, so the Bills re-signed defensive end Shaq Lawson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw that. So they resigned him. The Cardinals have signed a quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, from the Texans. Uh, Driscoll is a 
insane athlete who never gets a chance and when he does get a chance looks rubbish even though he's a really good athlete it's just such a shame i want jeff driscoll to do well uh the jets re-signed a defensive tackle as i am mac as well that happened just the other day um the bears uh, re-signed a couple of players including defensive tackle andrew brown wide receiver dante pettis so they uh, re-signed them so that's just happened in the last in the last day or two a couple other things there uh but other than that dave pretty quiet across the league it's not been crazy uh busy in in, in the nfl we've got the draft l- to look forward to can't i think that's that. why it's we been so really quiet yeah that. um what we are going to do so the draft is at some point and i've lost it i had it in front of me <laughs> it's very soon i don't know NFL Draft 2023. I need to re-google that. The the draft. When is it? Good grief. Uh, 20, 27, April 27. 27. So, yeah, it's a week. Uh, yeah. It's a week tomorrow. Mm. Right? So in next week's podcast, which we will do on the on Wednesday, next week's podcast on the 26th, mm-hmm. we're gonna get our uh I need your draft predictions. For that okay? okay now do you don't need to go through an entire we're not doing a mock draft the entire thing just want you to give me like uh, your top 10 something you don't or even okay. you, you can give me the first round oh. if you like that could take yeah. quite a while we don't want to kill people no I, I mean well yeah like a top 10 and then maybe other notable picks exactly like, for yeah like, from from my point of view the rams like anything well yeah yeah we'll and from my point of view yeah. too the broncos are going to take on day three because they don't have anyone on day one or two <laughs> Oh, they, they might trade up. No, they won't. They won't. Nah, I don't, they I don't won't. Do, do, you wanna, do you know what? I don't think they need to. Hand on heart, I don't think they need to trade up because I think they are in a pretty good position across the board. They could yes, certainly use, they, they could use, you know, depth. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any glaring holes, although the defensive line... They could probably use someone there. But we're not going to talk about the Broncos. I know. We'll be here all night if we do that. Uh, so, Dave, what we're going to do is a much shorter podcast game because there's not anything that's been happening. So, Dave, uh, we do come to our final segment. And it is, of course... Random stats. Random stats. Random stats. Random yeah. stats. We love random stats here. Um, do you want me to go first? Well, yeah, I go first this time. I'll go first this time. I'll go first this time. So, when I uh, was researching my random stat... I knew what I, I knew what I wanted the stat to be, but when I found it, I couldn't believe it. So I had to double check it and then triple check it, and I still don't believe it, even though it's right in front of me in black and white. We are going to talk about quarterbacks, specifically Pro Bowl quarterbacks, and specifically Dan Marino. Now, we don't need to say anything about Dan Marino's career. We all know he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He was doing things in the 80s that people are doing today in the 2020s. It's just insane how good Dan Marino was. But I'm going to talk about his 1995 year because that's the last year that Dan Marino made the Pro Bowl. Okay, he played through to 1999, but 1995 Mm -hmm. was the last season that he uh, made a Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. And uh, he played 14 games that year um you had 64.1 percentage completion 3668 yards through 24 touchdowns 15 interceptions okay rating of 90.8 
pretty good, enough to get him it approval, is. and that was in 1995. Now, since then, since 1995, the Miami Dolphins have had four players make the Pro Bowl having thrown a pass in a season. Since 1995, four players on the Dolphins have thrown a pass in a season and made a Pro Bowl in that same season. They are 2008 running back Ronnie Brown went two out of three. <laughs> I know where this is going. And then oh, yeah. three years on the bounce, pretty obvious this one, 2015, 2016, 2017, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver. <laughs> because the Dolphins haven't had a quarterback make a Pro Bowl since Dan Marino in 1995. That is the longest stretch in the league. And the last player to make a Pro Bowl having thrown a pass was Jarvis Landry, three years running, 2015, 2016, 2017, as a wide receiver. And the funniest thing is he threw one pass in each of those years, uh, sorry, in each of those years, and he went one of three across the three years. <laughs> uh, and he made a Pro Bowl. They, they, they have not had a single quarterback make a Pro Bowl since 1995. And there's been a lot of them. I won't go through every quarterback, but I'll give you some names just to give you an idea. Uh, obviously, uh, Tua, Teddy Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson, Jacoby Brissett, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They've had Josh Rosen. They've had Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler. They've had Jay Cutler, of course. And, and it just keeps on going. Ryan Tannehill again back in, in, in 2016. Um, they've had other guys like Matt Moore. They've had all these players. JP Lawsman, Chad Henney, Tyler Thigpen. All these players. So the Miami Dolphins haven't had a quarterback make a Pro Bowl since 1995. That was the great Dan Marino. Uh, and that is my random stat. It, it kind of explains the dominance of the New England Patriots all those years, doesn't it? It, it does. Uh, when you started that random stat, it, I thought it was either going to be go, go one of two ways. It was either going to be something like what it was or that the only, there was only one quarterback that had made it because I thought that uh, Fitzmagic had, might have made one while he was at the Dolphins. Not but as a Dolphin. That's, that's crazy. Isn't that insane? I mean, you're talking... Oh, so, to put that into perspective, that's 28 seasons. Sorry, 27 seasons. This will be this will be 27 seasons, yeah. 27 years, nearly three decades, the Dolphins haven't had a Pro Bowl passer. That is absolutely shocking. That is by far and away the longest uh, stretch in the league. Mm -hmm. By far and away. By a country mile, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not even close. I think that the next closest is like 2006, 2007. I, I can't even remember. I was going through every single team um, trying to find it, uh, and I couldn't believe it when I saw it with the Dolphins. I was just like, what? The Dolphins? Unbelievable. So, yeah, there you go. That's my random stat. That's a, no, that's a brilliant random stat. So I'll take you through mine because we're going back – so obviously, we're coming up to the draft time. Uh, mm -hmm. So the draft is just over a week away. Yes. Now, uh, I've, I've been looking at um, 
previous drafts, and especially in the top 10. We were talking about our top 10s uh, that we're going to be doing for next week. So I was actually looking at top 10s of previous years, and um, I came across the 2012 NFL draft. And uh, one thing that I found from it, the top 10 of that draft, only two of these players are still in the league. Mm. And that's this is what ten years, well, eleven years ago, basically. There's only two players from that draft, from that top ten of that draft, still in the league. Now, obviously, 2012 was the year that Andrew Luck came into the league. Now we Andrew know that Luck and the RG three, of course. RG three was yeah. number two yeah. drafted. Yeah. Now, some of the other ones you'll know. Some of the ones may be less known as well. Now, I'll I'll take you through that. Uh, take you through the draft. Uh, the top ten of that draft. Now, number three was Trent Richardson. Trent so Richardson the old, uh, to the Browns. I think it was the Browns. And I then they so. made the big trade to the Colts later on. Yes, that's yes, the one. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, uh, the last last thing that he was known doing, he's a host of The Ropes with TR3, <laughs> which is a program that I've never heard of. Um, now, uh, draft at number four was Matt Khalil. Now um, he's he he last played in the league in 2017. Number fourth pick in the draft, he played out his rookie contract and has not played since. It's just some some of these some of the things that happen. Ma- Matt Khalil. Matt Khalil. Have you have you ever heard? No. Matt? When you said that, I thought you were saying Khalil Mack the wrong way around. No. 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 I, you know, apologies, Matt, if you're watching or listening. Um, <laughs> of course he is. He's got nothing better to do. He hasn't been doing anything since 2017. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, um, no, but, Matt Khalil. Who did he play for, Sonny? Who was he after about? Uh, I, I've got the info here. If I'm scrolling down rightly. Uh, so... Let's have a look. I'm really embarrassed if it's the Broncos. <laughs> I don't think it was a Broncos. No, uh, he was drafted by the Vikings, uh, and he, he was an offensive tackle. Came out of uh, USC, mm-hmm. um, but af- after af- he played, he played for the Vikings until uh, 2016. Now um, he then went to the Panthers, where he was there for two years, but he only played in 2017, and then he moved on to the Texans, but he was only on practice squads. And then just disappeared from the league. And he was and the, he the was fourth, fourth overall? Fourth pick in the draft. Wow. So, wow. He, you know, offensive tackle, and he just kind of disappeared from it as well. Yeah. So that's a, that was a bit of a shocker. Um, now, number five in the draft was Justin Blackman. Justin now, Blackman, who went to the Jaguars. Correct, yeah. I'm Where really testing your knowledge yeah. there, yeah. <laughs> now, um, he was... He, he, he last played, uh, I, th- I think, I'm sure it was 2013. And he didn't play again in the league. He played two years in the league and did not play again. Wow. How often do you say that's a fifth pick? He, he, there was legal issues and um, oh, I think, he, you know, right. he was, uh, arrests as well. But um, I think he, he was actually eligible for the 2014 season, but he, he just did not play again because he just, you know, issues with, um, discipline, discipline, and things like that. But again, fifth pick in the draft, disappearing in 2013. That you don't see it very often. No. Um, the next one, though, again, drafted sixth by the Dallas Cowboys, Morris Claiborne, cornerback from LSU. 
Now, he has not been seen in the league since 2019. Again, a rookie contract and a little bit extra. After that, nothing. He played with, with Cowboys until 2016. They didn't take up his fifth-year option. He went to the Jets 2017-2018 um, seasons and basically finished his career in 2019 with the Chiefs. Hmm. Um, but he was practice squad and made a few a few appearances. But apart from that, didn't really do much. He, he, he appear, appeared in eight games, but was only a starter in one in his final year. And apart from that, just disappeared basically from the league. Um, hmm. And then the, fi- the final one, before we actually find someone that, actually, that is still actually playing in the league, so, uh, it's Mark Barron. Now, do you know much about Mark Barron? No, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. He was, he, was a sa- he was a safety for the Bucks. Um, he was, and you know, he he played at a couple of teams because I remember him as a, I'd say a depth booster for the Rams. Uh, I think at around kind of 2015, 2016 time. But he only played for a couple of years at the Bucks. They drafted him so high up the draft, and he did next to nothing. And he wasn't that much better in the Rams. Um, he, he actually ended his career at the Broncos in 2020. So he, he was kind of a backup safety uh, for them. Then you know, uh, yeah, That's why I was asking if you remembered him. He, he obviously made an impact for the Broncos. Um, but apart from that, we have to go down to the pick number eight of players that are still in the league. And it was someone that you mentioned in your own random stats, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, he was drafted, obviously, by the He Mac was in the same year as Andrew Luck and RG3. He was, indeed. And he was the he next was a, quarterback taken off the board. He was the next quarterback taken off the board. And after that, it was the Cleveland Browns who drafted Brandon Whedon, uh, 22nd overhaul in the draft. Hang on. So, was, yeah, was he not, like, 100 years old when they drafted him? <laughs> well, I mean... If, he, was, uh, nah, he, he was, like, 28... Uh, he was. Was that not Brandon Whedon? They drafted some dude who was like middle aged. I'm not 28, so not middle aged. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, yes, he he was he was quite old for the draft, though. Yeah. No, I you are thinking about the same one, and uh, he again not in the league, obviously. But uh, yeah, that that was. Uh, they did they have uh, they had two first round picks that year, the Browns, if I remember right. They've uh, done yeah, that a few times. Richard, they, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I remember the year they t- the year they they drafted the Baker. They had the, like the first and fourth pick, and they drafted Denzel Ward. That's right. Was that like first yes. and third or first and fourth? It was yeah. ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I mean Denzel Ward was a great pick. Uh, oh yeah, fantastic, that, fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, but, sorry, uh, sorry, Brandon Whedon. You know, well, we're, we're going we're going off top of middle aged Brandon but, Whedon. Um, Yes, well, he was picked 22 in the draft, but the next two are, I think, uh, aside from Andrew Luck, I think two of the best uh, in that entire draft. And number nine, one of the best, in my opinion, middle linebackers ever to play in the league in Luke Coochley. I, I, I Of the Panthers, I think yes. he was one of the most underrated and one of the best middle linebackers. He knew, he saw the plays and he called it. He was calling the plays on defense. Yeah, from I I, I, th- I think they pr- they've been pronouncing it Keekly. Keekly, it's spelled Keekly. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. I think they say Keekly. I'm not not sure. Not sure. Yeah, I remember him in the 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 2015 season. He was dominant. 
That was their run to the Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, he was dominant. In fact, I think he, he had a, a sack. And did he have an interception as well? Yeah, he played a great game. He, mm-hmm. he was a fantastic inside linebacker. It reminded me have. quite a bit like Kiko Alonso. Maybe slightly more consistent version of Kiko Alonso. You know, that really right, yeah. fast, fast physical inside linebacker. Not the biggest guy, but like dynamite speed and he could hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great player. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, he, he obviously he retired early. Um, the, yes. the only thing he's doing now is that he is a radio analyst for uh, one of the Panthers' local stations. That's all he's really been doing <laughs> since he retired, but also just enjoying kind of family life as well. Um, but I think he had serious worries about the knocks that he was taking. Um, mm. And. A lot of players are quite worried about that now. It's finally coming to the forefront, um, the, the kind of medical issues surrounding that. But uh, yeah, just to round, round off the top 10, the only man, the only other man still in the league, Stefan Gilmore, who's be, he's been at a couple of teams recently, but uh, he's now a cowboy uh, uh, for next year. So that's going to be an interesting one. Still and a great again, player. Oh, absolutely. He, I mean, he was one of the only kind of star performers for the Colts. Um, yeah, you know, in what was pretty much a catastrophe of a season. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Stefan Gilmore, Ryan Tannehill, the only players left in the top 10 of the 2012 draft, and some of them were proper, proper duds, I would say. <laughs> and some of them haven't been seen in years. Some of them didn't even see out their rookie contracts before they were traded. Some didn't even make it to the end of their rookie contract before they were never seen in the league again. So, wow. that is probably a yin and yang draft uh, in recent memories if I can ever pick out one you know but players like Andrew Locke Robert Griffin mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Luke I'm, I'm just going to use him by his first name now Luke and Stefan Gilmore. Gilmore my goodness yeah and, and then you've got players that just disappeared from the league as well so a crazy draft by any standards and I'm really looking forward to this one because I think it's going to be another one. I, I'm also predicting there's going to be at least four quarterbacks going in the first round. That would be pretty epic. I think a lot of people are, are seeing something like three or four in the first round. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the the, the case. Uh, I'm not sure where they all go, but okay, we'll go with that. Yes, that's <laughs> that's that that's what the big questions are. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, so there you are, Dave. Now we'll have a quick check of Twitter before we sign off to make sure we haven't missed anything that's just happened because it'll probably happen just as we um, without a shadow of a doubt because it seems to happen every single week. Although because we're do- we're doing our uh, podcast a lot earlier today, yeah, we are it's so early. It's we've just morning in we've just been uh, just been saved by Jake on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, Ian Rappaport the 49ers have received inquiries from several teams looking into a potential oh, yes, trade Lance. for former number 3 pick Trey Lance conversations have been the result of San Francisco fielding calls they're not making them teams aware Brock Purdy is likely the future starter and we spoke about this at the end of last year what was going to happen in San Francisco they traded Jimmy Garoppolo they brought in Sam Darnold Still got Lance, still got Purdy. We're going to wait and see what happens with that. But yeah, so the 49ers, confirmed by Ian Rappaport, are receiving inquiries from several teams looking for a trade for Trey Lance. Um, And I think it would 
probably be good for Lance if he's not going to be the starter in San Francisco to go somewhere else. Because the likelihood is... 100%. The likelihood is whoever is the starter in San Francisco, as long as he doesn't really mess up and as long as he doesn't get injured, will remain the starter from San Francisco because Kyle Shanahan wants consistency. And that includes Mm -hmm. just consistency at the position. That's what he wants. So if Sam Darnold comes in, uh, starts the season, because Brock Purdy, I think we're pretty sure he's not going to be there uh, in week one uh, because of this surgery on his elbow. Um, Mm -hmm. If Sam Darnold doesn't make any mistakes and they win games, he will remain the starter. Carl Shanahan's not going to replace him just because Brock Purdy's healthy again. Uh, unless sure. Darnold plays badly or costs them games, if he does that, mm-hmm. boom, he's out, and in comes, uh, in comes, party. Because remember when when Lance, Lance was the starter last year, mm-hmm. he got injured. Garoppolo came in, didn't play great, but didn't play badly, but they didn't replace him until he got injured, and mm-hmm. then in came party and and you know lit it up across the league for five weeks. Don't look at me like that. Don't look Just, at me like I'm that. Not, I'm not on the party train at all. I know I mean, you're not, I, I, but it's okay because I'm really on it so. strong enough for both of us. No, they, I, I, think, um, I, I think you're right about two lads. Yeah, there's, if he's not going to be the starter, if he's going to be below party in the pecking order, he's got to go somewhere else. I, I'd also make that exact same case for Jordan Love. Jordan Love has to leave the Packers if Ryan Rodgers is not traded. Uh, they, they, they've, they've got to trade him. They've got to. If they don't, it would be so unfair on Jordan Love. And and he said he doesn't want to be there. Why would you hang on to a guy who doesn't want to be there? Because the reality is, you, yeah. that when he was there and he did want to be there, you never won anything. You won one Super Bowl exactly. fifteen years ago. So, you know, behave yourselves. Yeah, I I think I think the Packers are reluctant to give up John Love because they see they do see him as the future after Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. However, I I think Aaron Rodgers needs to move on. Packers are not budging apparently on uh, their demands from the Jets, and I think oh, is the it Jets still still the, for, for the two firsts and the, I don't know and, and thirty pieces of silver. And and just, yeah, it, it's. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a bit of a silly one from the Jets to even consider it, um, but they've got all Aaron Rodgers' pieces ready to go. They're just waiting for the actual thing and Aaron Rodgers to come. But yeah, the Packers. If, really if, if the Packers, to, if the Packers are doing that, the Jets just go and sign Lamar. Just throw all the money in the world at him. Say we'll take Lamar. Thank you. Bang. Should dealt yeah, with it. I think they and then should and it, next year when. Rodgers becomes a free agent. If he doesn't have a good year this year, his stock will plummet because mm-hmm. there are a lot, not, again, not saying he's not a good quarterback. Of course he is. He's one year removed from back-to-back MVPs. But um, all these young quarterbacks in the league are coming through now. They're looking fantastic. Another year, if he doesn't look really, really good, his stock will go down. He will not get the money that he wants. If they don't make this trade, if if the, if the Packers essentially refuse to trade him, he should retire, sign with another team. That's what he should do because it, this saga is going on too long. 
You should just quit the game. Boom, I'm gone, retire, and then go and sign with the Jets. If he said he wants to play with the Jets. Go and play with the Jets. You know, we have the Packers are playing hardball, two firsts and, and a second or whatever it is. And the Jets are like, what's the point of that? We can get him next year for nothing. What is that they, they want basically close to what the Lions got for Stafford and what uh, the Seahawks got for Wilson. That, that's essentially what they're asking for. What the Seahawks got for Wilson? Are you kidding me? Okay, maybe nobody not would pay that. that. Nobody would pay that. No, no, not quite that level. But <laughs> I, I think they, they are asking for far too much. The Rams obviously got a Super Bowl. Uh, in hindsight, it was a, it was a lot for Matt Stafford. Uh, Seahawks are laughing still to this day about what they got for Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson time. will come on next year. I I I, I have faith uh, in the Broncos next year. I think they are going to challenge. Um, to get in the playoffs, I d- obviously I don't think they're gonna they're gonna take over the Chiefs at all. But I think they're really going to challenge this year no. and maybe get in for a wild card this year. So I'm I'm really optimistic for your future. Um, and of course, you've got a different play caller this year, so um, it, it can it could get much worse at this point for the Broncos. But I've got hope and optimism. Yeah, I mean, I mean, right. So when when Vic Fangio went, I said, well, you know, it couldn't have got much worse with the the clock management. And the challenging, and the play calls, and now we've got an offensive-minded coach, and it got worse. The play calling got worse. The clock management got worse. I like it can't get worse with Sean Payton. It's because there's there's nowhere to go from this point. We were already on the bottom, and then Nathaniel Hackett puts in the basement. It, you know, are we going to go sub basement with Sean? Payton? I don't believe that. Not with Sean Payton. Surely not. No. 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 no not going to happen. So there you go, Dave. Uh, that comes brings us to the end of another episode of the NFL Show. Thank you very much for uh, coming along. Not at all. Thank you very much for having me. Just uh, looking forward to the draft in a week. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Now, I did mention three weeks ago, <laughs> because that's how long it's been, that we were going to do a week giveaway. Oh, yeah. So what we have here is we have three packets unopened, of Fleer 91 Ultra Football Trading Cards. Um, as I say, they are unopened. We're going to be giving away all three of these to one lucky person. We're going to be putting up uh, the giveaway on Twitter. That'll be going up. Um, now, it is currently um, half past three on Wednesday, the 19th of April, the year of our Lord, mm-hmm. 2023. Uh, so this will be going up tonight. Um, we'll actually get the, the podcast uploaded tonight as well but for anyone what we're going to do is we're just going to put this up uh, it'll last for a couple of days to give away all you need to do is um, like and retweet and of course follow the WinFL show if you're not doing that give us a wee follow and uh, we will be picking one lucky winner to give away three packets I'll hold them up to the camera a bit better three packets of Fleer Ultra Football Trading Cards 1991 unopened so uh, you might get yourself a nice wee, nice wee rarity in there. Uh, so we'll do that. Uh, once again, Dave, thank you very much. No, it's all pleasure as always, buddy. Thank you to everyone uh, for checking us out on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and of course on YouTube. And we will see you on next week's edition of The Win FL Show. <laughs>